Yay! I got it. Squiggly lines are going. So, Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence. I know, Lord, that um, just in the busyness of this season, um, end of the school year, graduations, weddings, uh, birthdays, it just seems like um, there's one thing after another. And and in that, um, Lord, it just brings us opportunity to share life closer with other individuals. And sometimes it's not individuals that we look forward to sharing life with. But Lord, uh, we're here today to learn how to handle these circumstances and handle your love in the most effective way. So I ask that you be here today, that you um, shut my mouth up and allow your spirit to work through. And Lord, teach us how to love better in Jesus' name. Um, so my husband, was it was really cool. He was here last week, and he's gone again. Um, Hi! I'm sorry. I have to give her a hug. I haven't seen her in a long time. Sorry. Anyway, um, and I saw Mama last night, so that's okay. That's why I got to see daughter. Um, so this is kind of going to be the wrap up for the the pain and potential part of this. We've been on this study with different teachers, relational wellness. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. No. It's okay. Um, relational sorry, wellness, sorry. and it's yeah, talking. Right. <laughs> no blame shifting. Keep it to yourself, Take Joe. Take ownership. Well, see, well, you're his father, so it comes back to you. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Um, Anyway, so Ron's out of town, um, and we're going to wrap up the pain of potential next um, next week. Um, Ann and David are going to start um, talking about the truth. With the pain of potential, as Johnny and Renee introduced this um, session, everyone, well, let me ask a question. Has anyone in here never been hurt in their life? Yeah, someone has to raise their hands, but um, the next session is going to be what truth is to be experienced. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, when when we experience hurts, and by the way, if you haven't been in Pastor's um, sermon, please um, download it, listen to it. Uh, it's real applicable. It's real applicable. It's It's like he knows what we're teaching. Um, oh, wait a second. He does. He knows scripture. We're teaching scripture. Okay. Uh, I, I will not have as many Bible verses as he has, um, but we teach scripture here. And the truth of the matter is every single one of us gets hurt. And in that hurt, we have a potential for experiencing that hurt with love and care and um, support and therefore learn how to love and care and support for others. Or we can go through that hurt and not get those things and therefore wind up having unhealthy thinking, unhealthy behaviors, and that generally then completes the cycle of hurt people hurt people. Okay, Healthy people don't hurt people. 
you know I would really like to change the hurt people hurt people to healthy people don't hurt people and as just as I'm speaking that you know healthy people don't hurt people so do I want to be a person that's hurt all the time or do I want to be a person that's healthy yes Joe are you raising your hand? Do you want yes, to be healthy I'm or do you have something to say? I think that what healthy people do is that sometimes healthy people hurt people unintentionally. Yes. But a healthy person really recognizes that yes. and then they go back in humility and then they, you know, they ask for forgiveness and they work through that yes. unintentional hurt. Healthy people help to heal. Exactly. Oh, I like that too. Yeah, that's <laughs> healthy people help to heal. Yeah, um, and, sure. and and that's absolutely, I think, how many people have gotten hurt unintentionally? You know, Ron talked about someone dropping a bowling ball. All right. Not too many people will throw a bowling ball at someone. Right. All right. But I've dropped bowling balls most of the time it's on myself, but that's a different story. No, actually, it's not a different story. Um, it goes along right along with what we're saying as far as the pain of potential. Um, when an incident happens, how do we respond? What do we tell ourselves? I know when I, I've literally dropped bowling balls, you know, my first thought is, what an idiot. Now I'm embarrassed because I did it in front of everyone else. And Right? Those, those mind games start playing, and what winds up happening is, I don't go bowling anymore because I'm an idiot and I'm going to embarrass myself and I'm going to get hurt. You know the analogy, right? Okay, my apologies if I'm all over the bird today. I'm bored today. I'm going to try to um, get together. Okay, so we all experience hurt. Um, last week we talked about confession and forgiveness. And what were the things that we learned about confession and forgiveness? Anyone that was here last week or last few years? <laughs> we talk about confession and forgiveness a lot. Well, I think it's not about you. It's not about me, yeah. I mean, not about the person as well. Okay. When we talk about, how does confession and forgiveness have to do with hurt? When we experience hurt, when, when the individual that has hurt us, like what Joe said earlier, a healthy person goes back and says, hey, I was wrong. I can see that this angered you. I can see that this hurt you. I can see that this um, disrespected you. I can see whatever, all right? It brings room for healing. Just having someone else acknowledge where we're at emotionally and how we respond, how having someone be able to hear our heart makes a big difference in whether or not we're healed and what story we tell ourselves. Um, so when we're talking about confessions, it's really important, uh, apologies, okay? Confession is, is synonymous with apology. Is to be specific, you know, not the I'm sorry if, all right? But I'm sorry that I. And um, to ask for forgiveness. Now, there can be an issue with this. Have you or someone you know constantly saying I'm sorry or I need forgiveness you know I'm sorry a anyone yeah okay um, what does that speak if you know someone or you yourself are doing it 
when you're saying constantly or very frequently, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, okay, you said actions. Don't speak louder than their words. If they say they're sorry, but if they don't show that they're sorry, then it just means nothing. Okay, okay. So the words are there, um, but the behaviors aren't changing. Okay, and, and you came to that same? No, it's basically just the pain is still there, like it's residual. Mm -hmm. It's like if you get slapped, you all just when you rub it and you said, I'm sorry, that sucked, it's going to go away? No, it's going to take a while. And depending on how hard you hit it, did you break a bone? That's going to take pain. Okay, it still hurts. Okay. Mm -hmm. what it takes the power out of you. Like if you don't back it up with your actions, it, it's powerless. Saying I'm sorry doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, sorry. I don't really care. You don't mean it unless you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Can I get you a band-aid? Can I? How can I make it better? Okay. If you don't back it up, it's powerless. Just okay. Okay. Um, so that's one side of the I'm sorry coin, and that being specific and identifying with the pain. Do you remember how Ron sat down last week and said, "Okay, Lord, how did I hurt this person?" All right. Before <laughs> automatic, I'm sorry. Um, how did I hurt this person? How did I, um, what was my impact? What was the impact of my actions upon this circumstance in this situation? Um, so doing that and getting, waiting for an answer from the Lord, not just reasoning it out yourself and rushing to fix it with words, um, but rather taking that extra step to have that um, that emotional connection in the circumstance um, helps take care of, I'm sorry, let's move on, let's fix it. Um, With that being, I think that it's important that that person that has been hurt makes that plain. I think a lot of times when you get that repeated, that repeated offense, that repeated thing, is sometimes we can come off on telling someone about our, the pain that they have inflicted on us without making them, without making them, really letting them know that that's, that's an offense towards me. Okay. A lot of times we expect people just to know that they hurt me. And you mentioned intentional hurt. Mm -hmm. So if, we, if, if I'm just thinking that this person should know that that hurt me, and I haven't let them know that that hurt me, then I'm thinking in a point to where they know that that They know that hurt me. They've been around enough, and this has happened before, so they should know. And then, so frequent in families, or people that's close to you, it's like, you know me, you've been around me this long, you should know that that hurt me. Well, that's, that's also a valid point. That's also a valid point that when we rub shoulders with one another, it's, it's as important on ourselves in a loving manner. Really important because too often it comes off as, you did it again. You know, I'm so tired of this. You know, every time I'm just feeling so disrespected, uh, which is a common um, you know, thing in that circumstance. I just feel so disrespected. You're doing it again. You should know how that makes me respond. Um, anyone here named Jesus? <laughs> God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Died on the cross. Uh, yeah, died on the cross. 
you know? Because uh, if, if so, then you know everyone's mindset. But if not, we have a limited mindset, okay? We, we need to be able to, but how we share, how we share is the most important thing. Ms. Leona? I was going to say uh, one of two things that I think I'll partner with what you're saying right now is that Sometimes when the person comes to us to say they are sorry that may not be the time to go into the, you know, we've talked about this before, it may be a time to just extend the forgiveness and then say, hey, can we have a longer conversation about this again? Like when the sting of it is, has diminished or when even the receiver of the apology slash forgiveness has gone to the Lord because there's there's so many dynamics that are going on in both minds and hearts that it's really hard to legitimately say that I have adequately communicated to Teddy because I said it to her six times that whatever she's doing is hurtful to her. And the Teddy reason, should get it. And, and Teddy should get I'm expecting that, but <laughs> because there's a you part spoke of me it. that needs to recognize that on some level, Teddy doesn't get it. How can I say it in a way that will help Teddy get it? I can't, I can't account for Teddy's upbringing, Teddy's personal life experience, how Teddy learns, um, what may be getting in, what noise may be getting in the way of her being able to make a connection with whatever that behavior is and how it wounds me. I can't account for that. I, I want to be able to in my self-righteousness of having been hurt, but for whatever reason, I gotta take Teddy at face value. Teddy loves me and Teddy's saying she's sorry what she keeps doing. Right. So we need to have a deeper conversation at another time so that I can, I'm in a healed enough place to pull from Teddy so that maybe there's something I can articulate that will help her make that connection. And I'm going to add to that, and I love what you said. One other thing is, like you said, you don't know all of Teddy's experiences and there literally may be a blinder on her ability to see that you're, you've explained it every round way that you can, but at that point to say, okay, Lord, help Teddy heal enough in this area, um, or help me find an analogy that matches with her experience, even if it's off the wall, that may be able to take that blinder down. Um, the other thing that is important to note is the level of relationship that we're dealing with with these individuals. Um, I work with someone that was going off on how they felt very um, unheard and um, put aside by their higher ups in in their position, and very ironic because. For the last two years, that's exactly how I felt with regards to this individual. And it, you know, I, 
I, you know, I went from being a leader to basically not even knowing my name right. from her perspective, and it hurts. And when she's sharing that information with me, it was everything within me to say, yeah, I know exactly how you feel because that's what you've done to me for the last two years, you know? Um, and to have that individual understand how badly I've been hurting. That individual does not know the Lord the way that I know the Lord. That individual has some very significant emotional needs that are pretty obvious to a lot of different people. Um, I'm not going to change that. I don't have a relationship with that individual to make that type of impression to change that. So I have that choice. Do I want to share my hurt and how that individual has hurt me and impacted me over the years? Or do I want to say, you know what, Lord, you know this individual better than I do and this isn't going to get anywhere except to cause her hurt. Mm -hmm. So therefore, Lord, help me get what I'm not getting here from here and just drop it. And we need to learn how to do that as well. You know, my husband, you all know he travels a lot. All right, so attention is something that's really hard to get from him when he's three, four hours away. It's just, he's ready for bed and I'm making dinner or I'm at a meeting or attention is hard. So I've learned not to expect attention from him when he travels. Now when he's home, he wants to shower me with attention, all right, because my husband loves me, all right? Well, that cramps my space. <laughs> because I've learned, right? All right? So then I get used to him giving me attention, but I have to apologize to him because I'm pushing him off because he's cramping my space because I got used to not having, all right? But it's like, I thought you wanted attention. Well, I do want attention, but I only want it in my time and my way. <laughs> I don't do that. I think it's a live person thing. All right. All right. But how many of us, how many of us do that, right? We're our partner or our loved ones, right? All right. I want this. I want this. I want this. Well, I tried to give it to you and you rebuffed me. Well, I didn't want it then. Okay, so it goes back to that remark. But that actually brings me back to the other side of the I'm sorry. All right, the people that are constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, for things that they really didn't do anything wrong. And if our own cup has a lot more junk in it than we desire, and our identity is not in Christ as strong as he would like it to be, then the I'm sorry is a really good indication that there's a lot of guilt and shame going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. All right. Um, you know, my daughter is stressed out because of her move. Well, I'm sorry. Guess what? I didn't cause her to move. I'm grateful she did move. <laughs> okay, but I didn't cause her to move, so why am I sorry? Right. 
Why am I saying I'm sorry? All right? Sometimes it's because of the compassion of our heart. We feel the circumstance that the individual is in. And sometimes it's because we take on that, well, because I didn't help her as much as I could have or should have, that I'm feeling guilty because she's feeling pressured. That See how condemnation mm -hmm. and guilt can come in real sneakily. Yeah. That's a word. Sneakily, yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, when you first made that, asked that question, what came to mind was somebody who's constantly saying I'm sorry, uh, whether it's the same offense or just different offenses, but that's kind of their their go-to statement uh, when something goes sideways, is somebody who hasn't forgiven themselves. And as somebody who is still learning how to do that, um, I don't know, uh, it, it's, it's sad. And I don't know, don't necessarily know how to help that person through it, but it, well, forgiveness, I guess, has kind of two sides: forgiveness between the people, and forgiveness between the person, the offender, and God. And so maybe that other side needs more attention than that person. And that's. <laughs> That's the hardest part. I wish I had a, a three-legged stool here. I do. Um, Am I hearing you say that that person is having a hard time accepting God's own forgiveness? Oh, I know a lot of people say I, I accept God's forgiveness. I recognize it, but I can't forgive myself. Um, you know, um, which unfortunately is a very prideful statement to make, because that means that our opinion and our perspective is higher than God's. Okay, but I wish I had a three-legged stool because when we look, what's what's the, one of the verses that this class is based on? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. All right. A three-legged stool cannot be supported by only two legs or one leg. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you might be able to balance for a while on it, but you know, when you get tired or the wind blows the wrong way, you're gonna you're gonna fall. All right. But you need those three legs. All right. And it's simultaneously. Again, maybe for a season you'll lean more one on the other, but if we're gonna walk out and we're gonna reach the 75, right, the mission of this church. We need to understand it has to be a balance. We need to understand what God's love is. We need to understand what he has done for us, what he can do through us, and what he can do in us, not necessarily in that order. And it is a continual balance. We have to evaluate and reflect on ourselves, but not so much that we're constantly leaning on that leg. We have to look at and get into another person's heart where they're at but not so much that we're denying ourselves. All at the same time of developing and building on our relationship and our identity in Christ. Believe it or not, a relationship with God does not mean showing up at church five days a week and being involved in this ministry, that ministry, and that ministry, or even reading scripture every day. That's the beginning of deepening a relationship, but it is not the basis for the relationship. We need to know who we are created in, who we are created by. And when we're looking in the mirror, are we seeing Christ? Or are we seeing 
the enemy. I was going to say that um, that scripture is very critical when we talk about the three legs, loving God, loving self, loving others. Um, and the toughest leg of that is loving ourselves because they're because we know our junk, right? We know ourselves, right? And so we always have that eternal struggle of if you knew, if you knew what I knew about myself, right? But I feel many times that comes from the basis of you loving yourself has nothing to do with the way you look at yourself. The basis of loving yourself is based on a God that saw you and loved you enough exactly. to send his son to die for you. Exactly. And that's the basis of when Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, because when I understand that in my junk and my mess, Christ saw something in me and valued me enough and loved me enough to come down and die for me, he did the same for my neighbor. So I'm loving my neighbor, I'm loving myself out of that revelation. I'm loving my neighbor out of the same revelation, right? Exactly, exactly. Which brings us to, and I'm, I'm parsing this out because I don't have quite enough copy. Um, but um, the, uh, no, just being Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is um, gratitude of love. Um, I'm so sorry. See? I'm sorry I stepped on your toe. I'm sure that's not what I was on the way of your toe. Um, yeah, I'm going. Um, I have enough for everyone else. Um, I was on a short video copy. But it begins like what Joe was saying. Um, if we want to love the Lord our God and love our neighbors as ourselves, there has to be a reflection. Pastor talked about one of the, the, the key ingredients, the key ingredients to walking out the message that he's been preaching is being transformed by the renewing of our mind, changing our thinking. Okay? All right, guys, we're going to change our thinking. How's that going to work for you? Okay. <laughs> We're just going to stop thinking about it and change how we think. All right? That's the hardest thing. The hardest thing. If you look at scripture, how many times it talks about changing the mind, taking captive every thought, being renewed, the thinking. What comes out of all of these different verses that talk about changing our thinking. We have to be intentional. Um do you know how they, have you ever seen elephants just, help, God bless you, held together with a rope, a rope on their leg, these huge elephants that just won't go further than the rope, okay? Well, how easy is it for them to break the rope? Pretty easy, okay? Do you know how they train the elephants? When the elephants are, are young, they put a big heavy chain on them, a big heavy chain where they cannot break that chain. 
All right, I'm talking like, you know, those anchor chains from boats. All right, and as the elephant gets bigger, the chain gets smaller until it's the rope. All right, the elephant's mind has been so conditioned. I have something around my foot. I'm trapped, and I can only go so far. They never forget. And they don't forget until they have an experience where the rope snaps, and now they realize that they're free. Okay. The hurts that we experienced growing up, the words that were spoken, the pain of rejection, all of these different things, put a chain around us. We're new creation in Christ. We need to make sure we put ourselves in a situation where we can have a godly experience to recognize that the chains that are holding us back, we have more power over them than we did when we were younger. And gratitude plays a very good part. Everyone raised our hands when we said, have we been hurt? I can guarantee you, regardless of how bad the hurt has been in your past, there's been at least one time where someone came alongside and offered you support and offered you encouragement and offered you love and offered you a healthy way of dealing with that. It may not have been as many times as you want, I can guarantee you that, all right? But there's been at least one time. Can we reflect on that one time? Can we look at the components of going through that and trying to focus on that rather than, well, I reached out to this person and I shared with them my deepest pain and they called me a liar. You know, I've heard that story a lot, especially with abuse. All right. But who finally listened to you? Who finally heard you and offered support and encouragement? Do you have something? I think I want to add to the benefits of gratitude. They literally, gratitude rewires your brain. Yes, yes. It entirely rewires your brain. And to get the most benefit out of it, we need to be practicing it as much as possible. Yes. Several times. Yes. So that we have that strong neural pathway to help us through because the, the tough times are still there. The times when we've been rejected, whether it's intentional or unintentional, when we've been hurt intentionally or unintentionally. But that gratitude can be even in the simplest things and it becomes an act of worship. Mm-hmm. Yep, very, very true. Joe? Uh, one of the things that we practice um, when we're going through, when the men are going through the conference series, one of the things that um, we practice is when you get up in the morning, five things that you're grateful to do. And you have to be intentional about it. 
like five things that you're grateful to God for every morning. And we have noticed big breakthroughs just in the way that people think. Because the thing that happens is if you go through those that exercise every morning, right? What happens when we notice is it becomes easier. Mm -hmm. And the gratefulness becomes more intense and it becomes longer. Because when you start thinking about just being grateful for, for putting your feet on the floor, getting out of bed and putting your feet on the floor, and how God begins to bring to your mind that there are people in the hospital that would kill to be able to swing their feet around and put their feet on the floor, which you take for granted. Being able to walk from there to your bathroom, mm -hmm. being able to get up and be able to talk and walk. And so this being able to use gratitude. the bathroom. Thank right? you. So when this attitude of gratitude, this air of gratitude begins to happen, it does literally change the mind and it begins to change your behavior mm -hmm. as an outcome. The fact that I'm stuck in line again at the grocery store behind this, you know, long line of people that can't do the 15 rule. Right. Well, wait a second. I have a grocery cart full of stuff that I have the money to pay for. And right. we have grocery stores that actually have food on its shelf. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of countries that don't have that. Yeah. And towns, yeah. yeah. Oh, and well, even people now. Um, wanting fresh water because of the flooding. Yeah. They can't use the water in their own house because of the flooding that's going on. You know, and that's not too far from here. You know, um, when you had something and then David? I was simply going to say, add to what Joe just said about uh, waking up with a sense of gratitude. It is actually the way to get old. Because if you are are not grateful as you get older, that's how you get the grumpy old man, the grumpy old woman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> looking back at the regrets instead of looking forward to what can be different. Wow. David? Um, I was thinking of what Pastor talked about this morning, the idea of uh, acting without feeling. And that that the proper actions create the proper feelings. And the whole idea of, that Joe mentioned of being grateful um, just encourages that same, enables that process to continue to happen. Um, you know, it, it makes it easier to get to where you're wanting to go. I think, yeah, I agree with that and I appreciate um, you bringing that up because some people will interpret what Pastor said as hide your feelings and just act like. Okay, and that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you know, it, it's okay to still feel the way that you feel, but let's add an action that can help change that feeling. Okay, I've been hurt so many times by this people group. Okay, uh, this this male, female, black, white, yellow, pink, blue, whatever. Okay, old people, rich people, young people. All right, I've been hurt so many times by them that I'm just going to avoid them. Well, not all people of whatever people group we're talking about are going to be like that. So I'm going to intentionally 
maybe sit next down to one of those people group and say, how's your day going? Right. And give opportunity to be proven wrong. We've talked about it in here when you're dealing with in relationships, whether it's a husband, a wife, or whatever. Oh, I don't love that person. I fell out of love with right. that person. Love's not a feeling, it's an action. And if you do the action, the feeling will come. Well, and that what Joe was talking about, that five thing to be grateful for. All right, I hate that he leaves the dishes in the sink. I hate that he leaves the underwear on the thing. I hate that they never shut off the lights. I hate that they sit in front of the TV. I hate that, okay, all of these, right, big things, all right? What do you love about them? Do they actually take out the garbage once a month? Be grateful for that, okay? Get up every day and go to work so that, you know. Okay, do they do that? I mean, but, I mean, very truthfully, there's there's relationships where people don't do that. Okay, you know, it, but can you be grateful that, hey, the dish moved from the living room to the kitchen counter? So I'm grateful for that. All right, I mean, it's for some, these are real practical. You have to stretch to find something to be practical about. Hey, you know what? They actually said a kind word to me today. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. You know, they talked to me today. You know, it, it, and that builds. Whatever small thing you can grab onto, whatever large thing, you know, that attitude of gratitude is, is a big thing. I'm, I'm really paying very specific attention to the time because they've got to prepare this room um, for, for pastor's meeting at 1 o'clock. Um, so what am I going to do here? All right, Lord, give me... Uh, what am I going to do? Um, can I say something? Of course you can. Um, I think one of the things that we have to be really careful of is our mindsets can cause us to set up internal prisons. Yes. Right? That's, that's the elephant rope. <laughs> so, yeah. So we get into a point where we have, we have, we have so much negative, so much hurt, so much, so much pain there that we put up these walls, right? And whether it's marriage, relational, racial, whatever, we put up these walls, and then the walls become so thick that even when people are trying to, to help us or trying to break in, we have conditioned ourselves so much that we can't even, we don't even have the desire, we don't even know that we have created these walls and that we can reach forward. Mm -hmm. So all the power that we have to be able to break down those walls have been, we've intentionally given that away and we put ourselves behind walls. And so when you run up against people that are like that, they have a very hard time of even kind of understanding what you're saying because the walls are so thick that the moment that you introduce any good, what happens is that the automatic subconscious thought is that doesn't work. I've tried it before. Mm -hmm. You know, this person's like that. You know, you see them in marriages. When you work with a marriage and you say, okay, well, what, what's the good that your husband or your wife has? They can't even see that. Right. Because a wall now is so thick that all they can see is they can rattle off 25 things that that person does or they can't stand. Right. If you ask them, okay, give me three 
Give me three of the good, right? You notice the struggle. I mean, they're almost like, you know, to me, that's a very big indication that the walls that they have built are so thick, right? And that their, their mentality, their thinking has set those foundations so deeply that when you ask that question, it's almost a throwback. So it's almost like, how dare you put me on the spot? I need to be justified in my struggle, hurt and my anger. Struggle. But if you ask them what's bad, boom, 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 it's, it's coming quickly, right? It's a very big indication that they are, they have literally caused a prison. They've really built themselves a prison of negativity that they can't even see out of. And that actually brings me to a point that I want to address before we leave. Um, I, I know I handed this out. I'd love for you to do this at home, please. Um, practice that gratitude of love, um, but again, for the sake of time. If you find that you're the individual that is having a really hard time trying to come up with something to be grateful for, all right, find someone, and I'm going to say it this way, that you semi-trust because if you're if you're that walled in and you can't come up with anything grateful, trust probably is not something that comes easy to you. So find someone that you semi-trust, okay? And sit down with them and say, hey, I'm in this class that has challenged me to reflect, and I'm quoting this book right now, uh, some of my own experiences of pain. I'd like to share with you one of my reflections, and as I do, I'm not needing you to fix me or do anything. Just hear my heart, better understand me, and maybe remind me that you care or love me. And then go and share. Most people, if you say, don't say anything, don't try to fix it, okay? I just want you to hear my story and tell me you love me and that I'm still accepted even though I shared. That's a way that now, hopefully you've had that experience, that you can be grateful that someone heard your heart. And because they heard your heart and they saw you as you are, that you can then move forward to the next step of being grateful for something else. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Quick questions, comments, or snide remarks? Yes, ma'am. Um, you talk about like just thinking the same things over and over and thinking like you need to fulfill this piece or think or feel. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I know we talked about like the thinking first and then the feeling, but sometimes it's a little backwards for me. And I feel something and then I follow the thought Yep. Cow paths. Remember, there's a whole field side 
And yet what we will do to ourselves and run down the same thinking, mm -hmm. the same lines, and we'll, you know, we could run up the hill any direction, down, we could roll down, fall down, fifty things. But we just go directly to those same worn out cow paths over and over again. And this is a, an area where I've really had to struggle in this last year year and a half. And it's like stop. Even if it's a motion, a song, a something, find something where you go stop. You know, for us it might be no. Don't do that. Whatever it is, you know, try to recognize that and challenge yourself to like put that stop on the brake. And I there'll be times when I do that and then I, I try to take a breather and then my brain goes right back. Stop. <laughs> and eventually you're gonna get frustrated by the fact you just keep hitting that stop button. And exactly. Maybe take one step off the cow path to the right. So now exactly. Intentionality. Intentionality. Um, Joe, I'm going to say one thing about the other side here, um, the, the flip side here. All right. This is actually giving care. All right. Actually thinking of loved ones in your life and intentionally giving them care, saying, hey, you know, who, who would it be, um, who would really appreciate reading together? Who would really appreciate having a pillow fight? Who would really appreciate going on a jog or hearing I appreciate you? All right, being intentional and thinking about those that are close in your life and how you can care for them. That helps to put some of that stop in there. All right, because we're getting off of ourself and leaning on the other leg for a bit. And Joe, your point, and then if you can pray us out. Okay. I just wanted to say that what, what Teddy said is, is great, and it's actually backed up by science. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we create neural pathways mm -hmm. in our minds, and when we start on those negative thoughts, the longer we do that, our mind just, our mind literally in our brains that's the path of least resistance. Right? It develops so, ruts in our brains. Exactly. So after a while, it is just so much easier for us to think neg neg negatively than it does positively. <laughs> and that stop, right, is really a way of trying to stop that neural pathway. And the more times you say stop, the more times you start now training your brain that now I'm going to try to make a positive neural pathway. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I love what you said, because it's backed up by science. Oh, yeah. Science can actually see it. I, I like to say that science is now backing up Scripture. Exactly. <laughs> science is now catching up with Scripture. That's right. Scripture is how old? Exactly. 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 So, um, yeah, if you can pray us out. All right. So, Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for this class. Father, we thank you for what you've been teaching us relationally. Um, Lord, you're all about relationships. Yes. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you created us to be in relationship with you and each other. Father, uh, these things are the most important things in life. Father, to be able to learn how to do relationship well, to learn how to care for each other well, to learn how to care for ourselves well, for us to be able to come to you and allow you to care for us well. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this class. We thank you for Ron and Jean. Um, we thank you for our brother Ron. We pray travel mercies and blessing on him. Um, Lord, as he is in the ministry work, he is out there in the field, in the field doing the work, and we thank you, Lord, for his heart. We thank you for his vision. We thank you for how he cares for us well as well as his family. And, Father, we just thank you for what we continue to learn. We pray a blessing on each and every person represented here. Lord, may our hearts be changed. 
as what pastor was teaching today, Lord, may we not be the same. May we have the courage, may we live with purpose, may we live with intentionality so that we can become the people that you have brought us to earth uh, for. So through you and to you and for you, have all things be created, and we give you all the glories. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Question, what did we just have about next week?